How many believe that the power behind us is greater than the task ahead of us? Amen. That God is doing something great. God's doing something new. And, and we're excited about that. Now today, you know, usually we kind of like talk about the vision and 23 and, you know, what's going to happen this next year. And some people go as far as forecast, you know, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And we kind of like bank on that. I'll leave that up to other ministries today. Uh, I just want to share something and encourage you. Amen. Today. And, and, and really, it probably will set the tone for this year, but um, for you and maybe for us, our church. But, uh, you know, years ago... I never forget asking the Lord and just praying, Lord, what do you want to do this next year? And what are you speaking? And we just, you know, what's the, you know, almost like what's the forecast? What are you doing? And, you know, what's the theme? I, I grew up uh, back in the day when uh, we, we used to have the themes for the years. How many remember that? Jesus is in the, the key in 93 and Jesus is the door in 94. How many remember all that, right? And we do that. And so I was praying about it. Lord, what is this? You know, what's the snappy, you know, thing you've got going on this year and, and um, everything? And I never forget. I'll never forget where I was and what the Lord said. And he just spoke to me and he said, I just want you to do what I spoke to you to do last year. And I was like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> and the Lord, how many know the word of the Lord doesn't have a timeline? He just wants you to keep doing it. And sometimes you just got to keep doing what God's already told you to do, right? Amen. So we're excited about um, what God wants us to do when he's already spoke. I want to turn uh, in our Bibles or click on your device to Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. <clears throat> And uh, there's so many things we could preach about and talk about, and I think there's so many things we need to hear as the church right now, and um, words of encouragement, and just words of strength, I believe that, in our culture, and our day. And uh, how many are, know God is faithful to really minister words of encouragement when we need it, amen? Especially when God kind of overloads you with things, and God himself overloads you with um, what he wants to do in your life. Amen. God puts you in a place where you're a little bit over your head sometimes, but he wants you to trust in him, lean in a little bit closer to him. But in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, it says this, very familiar passage of scripture. It says, it's not by might, nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. This is a word to um, Zechariah, to Zerubbabel. And so, um, not by might. How many love this scripture? Not by power, but what? By my spirit. Who says it? The Lord. By my spirit, saith the Lord. How many believe that God's going to finish what he started? <laughs> How many believe that God's going to finish what he started? How's he going to do that? He's going to do it through his people by his spirit. Amen. And when God begins to finish what he started, he uses his resources and his power. Amen. How many believe God is committed to completing the work that he has doing in you, right? And the ministry he's called you to, the work he's called you to. And I'm going to tell you something. You can guarantee that he one's going to supply you with his resources and his power. Amen. It's not by mind, not by power, but it's by his spirit. That's what God says. Amen. And I believe that even in the face of opposition, even in the face of adversity, even in our culture, there might be uh, times of frustration or discouragement. I believe that it's even then in those times that God says, listen, it's not going to be your power, not by your might, but by my spirit, I'm going to get the job done. Amen. How many know that God steps in and he oversees what he does and what he calls us to? And God says, you know, it's not going to be by your power alone, but I'm going to step in. I'm going to oversee this thing and I'm going to make sure it gets done. How many believe God will finish what he started? 
How many believe that in your own life? God's going to finish what he started. As Paul said to Timothy, I'm confident that the thing that God started in you, he's going to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I mean, God's working in me both to do, willing to do of his good pleasure. I mean, God's just working in me. And but it's up to me to really cooperate and understand how God does that and what he does. And especially in the church today, amen, that we've got to see that God's got this thing in control. God's got his hand in these things today, amen? How many believe that? What God started, he's going to finish, amen. If you look at Zechariah and this whole story surrounding this, uh, many of us get caught up with just that phrase, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit. And we really don't understand the backstory. When God began to speak to Zechariah, he spoke specifically to Zerubbabel. Now, this was the time during the, the time of King Cyrus. He was in Babylon, that children of Israel had been in captivity for 70 years in Babylon. They were beginning to come out of captivity. And so they'd let uh, maybe a few people, small groups of people out at a time going back to Jerusalem to rebuild the city and uh, so they were able to do that and at the time Zechariah and Haggai were the prophets they were kind of ministering at this time and uh, Zerubbabel was actually the governor of Judah and he was actually put in charge at this stage of the rebuilding he was in charge of the rebuilding and the oversight of that and so what they did is they went back and uh, kind of small groups at a time some historians say maybe 50,000 people at a time and so they would go back and, you know, you'd see the desolate streets and the overgrown highways and the fields that were left uh, for 70 years and they're overgrown. And, and one of the things that they realized when they came back is we've got to start with rebuilding an altar and then rebuild the temple. And that was kind of their first task. So the first two years they were involved, yeah, they swept some streets, I'm sure, and, and kind of cleared out some space. But uh, really they focused on getting back to rebuilding the temple. They kind of said, man, our walls are, are falling down. We've got to build those up. We've got to restore this nation, but we really need to still with, start with rebuilding the temple. And so the Bible says that during this time, Zechariah had a, a number of visitations from the Lord or visions, and he had eight of them. And this was the fifth one. And in the middle of this vision, there was a prophecy or a word from God. God spoke this word right in the middle of a vision, and he spoke it to Zechariah for Zerubbabel, and he said, look, you've got to tell him this. You've got to encourage him by this, and so as we see that uh, you, you can read most of uh, uh, the, the accounts of Zerubbabel back in um, Ezra and all those books there, and so you can do that, and so one of the things they started to do is rebuild, but how many know that as soon as they started to rebuild, you've ever read the story, two years in, they faced great opposition. In fact, there was enemies from Judah and Benjamin and some people that came and they said, hey, we'll, we'll help. We'll help you guys. Um, but, uh, but Zerubbabel knew, he absolutely, I'm gonna call him Zeb just to work on my English. So he, you know, he knew their heart. He knew that they didn't come with the right spirit. They didn't come with a spirit of unity. They didn't come with, with a heart to really work. They came with a heart to really promote themselves and divide. And so you know what he said? Thanks, but no thanks. And because of that, they got upset and they began to uh, discourage people. And they began to uh, really whisper uh, rumors and false accusations. And they began to you know, do all kinds of things. And in fact, in Ezra chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, it says that, 
the people around them set to discourage the people. They intentionally want to discourage people to get the work to stop. To get them to stop working on the temple and rebuilding the walls. They perp- Can you imagine they purposely uh, said things to get them to fight and argue and, and uh, you know, doubt God and everything. Whatever they could do really, they tried to do to discourage the people of God. And so they, they you know, as, as Ezra writes, they bribed officials. I mean, think about it. They wanted to frustrate their plan. And, and, uh, and so, you know, the, the, the thing about the people of God, they just, they've been in captivity so long, they're like, this, we're not going to be easily discouraged. So they kept working and working. Well, finally, they made some false accusations. They wrote a letter to the King Cyrus. King Cyrus, by his decree, said, you got to stop the work, stop rebuilding. And so you can imagine how uh, frustrating that was. You can imagine how the discouragement that might have uh, set in to, to uh, the people of God in their heart. And here it is, God promised us. We waited for 70 years. And, and uh, you know, I mean, here it is, God released us. And we got favor with the king. And the next thing you know, he's telling us to stop the work. I mean, that'd be discouraging, right? That'd be frustrating. And so that kind of frustration sat in there. And there, that purpose of, of really stopping the work to disrupt, disrupt the, the work um, that they were doing. And so what happened was, is because of this, God really gave them a task that was just this massive project. And he worked with people that had low morale and little resources, right? And he said, go rebuild the city. Go rebuild Jerusalem. And so what happened was, when they became discouraged, God spoke to the prophets and he said, you need to go encourage Zerubbabel and you need to encourage the people of God. Tell them that what I started, you're going to finish. <laughs> what you finished with your own hands, I'm going to do it. But you're not going to do it because of your might or your power. You're going to do it by my spirit. That's what God said. How many believe that? Amen. And so he began to say that. Let me just say this note real quick before I move on to this vision. Uh, where, when you look at the story, one of the things that you see is it was two years in, they had already made great plans to go back, and they started. Where was it that they met the greatest opposition? It was when they started rebuilding the temple. It was not when they were sweeping the streets. It was not when they were, you know, clearing out their fields. It wasn't when they started setting up their shops again in their homes. It was when they started rebuilding something important to God. And every time you start focusing on what God wants you to focus on, you can guarantee there's going to be opposition. You can guarantee the devil knows what you're up to. Come on. Every time you say, you know what, I'm going to work on my marriage. I mean, you know, that's important to God. Every time you say, you know what, I'm going to start praying and fasting like never before. How many know there's going to be some opposition? Because it's the things that really matter most to God that the devil hates and knows that he can, you know, come on, that's going to really disrupt his kingdom. So what he does is he tries to discourage you, he tries to frustrate you, tries to get you off track and off course. But how many know we got a promise from God? It's not by our might, it's not by our power, but it's by his spirit it's going to get done. Amen. And so I want to encourage you that every time you focus on something important to God, you can expect some opposition. (laughs) Amen. But as we see this word, let me actually read this word and just follow along in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. So let's talk about this word for a moment, real real, uh, closely here. The word that came from the Lord. This was, again, this was the the middle of a vision, and God's giving him a vision. The angel's actually kind of interpreting this vision for him and and communicating. But in verse 6, this is what, and he said to me, this is is Zechariah, this is the word of the Lord that you need to give to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, mighty mountain? That's a question. Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone 
Well, that's when he finishes the project. To shouts of, God bless it, God bless it. And the word of the Lord came to me, said, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple, and his hands also will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Amen. Again, what God starts, he's going to finish. I said, what God starts, he's going to finish. What God is doing in your life, he wants to finish. He wants to use his resources, his power, his spirit, working mightily in your family, in your marriage, in your business, to, to bring to completion what he wants you to do, right? What he's called you to do. And so this is what we see here is like God saying, you know what? Listen, uh, these mountains that stand before you, they're going to be level ground. This uncompleted project that's going to happen, guess what God sees? I see Zerubbabel finishing this thing. I see him putting the capstone on this thing and everybody shouting and having a praise break over it because God did what he said he's going to do. Amen? And so we see this. And the word there that we see uh, for might or power is very interesting. So it's not by might. That means an army or a force or ability. It also speaks of human resources. It also is related to uh, financial means or financial connection, the connection with wealth, financial wealth and resources. And that word power there really implies a, a purposeful force, a firm resolve, a dynamic strength. So what he's saying is it's not by your own abilities. It's not by your plentiful resources. It's not by your fierce determination. It's going to be by my spirit. You know why God said that? Because they didn't have any of it. <laughs> They didn't have the army, they didn't have the power, they didn't have the finances, they didn't have the resources, they didn't have the determination. They were very discouraged, they were just coming back to a place of encouragement, right? That's why the word of the Lord came to them, to encourage them. How many of the word of the Lord wants to encourage you? Amen. Whenever you're feeling discouraged, I want you to just get down somewhere, crack open the word of God, and allow the word of God to encourage you. The word of the Lord comes to encourage us, Amen. And so this is what we see is that God's word began to encourage him and said, look, you don't have an army. You don't have natural resource. You don't have a lot of resource. You don't have any resources. Maybe a guy with a hammer. I don't know. Maybe there was one guy that knew what he was doing. You didn't have a whole lot of that. He said, but guess what? You don't need that because it's going to be my resources. Because it's going to be by my power that I'm going to allow you to do this. Amen. That I'm going to see this, this project through. Amen. And so... I really like this about Zerubbabel and his attitude here. He was not to trust in financial resources or military power, but it was through God's resources. It was through God's mighty spirit, amen, working through the people of God. I love that. And just look at this vision for a moment. This is an interesting vision. I, I, I have taken typology in school. I, I do know some things, and it's very interesting how the Lord uses this vision to speak this word. You think that God would just have to speak a word and it would encourage him. But God used a vision. How many know sometimes God needs to use two or three, four or five, six or seven things to encourage us? Amen. So he used this because he wanted to show a bigger picture. This isn't just about uh, these, these guys that, you know, accusing you and trying to stop the work of God. And, and it's not about that. There's a bigger picture here. There's something larger that's happening here. And so we see this vision that you can read it in Zechariah chapter 4 in the verse, uh, first three verses. He saw this. This is what he saw. He saw... 
first of all, he saw a, a large, solid gold lampstand. How many know there's been some lampstands in the Bible, right? We see it in Exodus, and we see it um, all through the Old Testament, and then in the book of Revelation. So he saw this lampstand, and, and of course it had seven uh, candlesticks, but it had a bowl on top of it, which made it very unique from really the one that was in the, uh, the tent of Moses. And so, uh, But he saw this with a bowl on top of it, and then he saw two olive trees on the right and the left, and they were the ones that providing the lamp with oil. This was the oil supply was coming from these two olive trees. Not just one olive, but an olive tree. And, and so he saw these pictures and he asked the Lord what it meant. And uh, then the Lord specifically said, and he used this picture to say, it's by my spirit. That was the key. The whole key to everything wasn't about the military power, the financial resources, and about the ability, the project. It was about the spirit of God. It was about my spirit. That's what the Lord said. I'm going to do this thing. Amen. How many know God wants to do something because he wants the credit? Amen. And I believe that we need to recognize God. And when we get in situations, I'll say, I did it. I, I'm the one that did it. We need to recognize that God did it. Amen. And so God's saying it's by my spirit. This was the key. This was the focus and the emphasis. And that word spirit there is the same word that we see all the way back in Genesis at creation. God breathed his breath into man and man became a living Soul, that same a word that the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the earth and the earth became. Come on, right? It's the same word. It's also the same word that we see in Exodus when they were getting ready to cross the Red Sea and God opened the sea and then he closed the sea. It was the same word, the same Spirit that caused the waters to divide. Amen. That same power of the Holy Spirit, amen, caused the waters to divide. It's the same word he's saying here. It's that Spirit. It's not a spirit of like, okay, I'm going to like encourage you a little bit. It's like a powerful spirit. It's the mighty spirit of God. It's a spirit that goes without arguing and questioning what kind of spirit is this. Come on, somebody. Amen. How many have ever seen God's spirit move in your behalf, in your life? Like, I mean, and you knew it was God, right? This is God. That's what God's saying here. It's not just a little bit. I'm going to move mightily. It's not just a little trickle. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to like fill this bowl up. So when we see the two olive branches... The Bible also makes it clear is that he said that it wasn't just a little oil that's going into this lamp. It's a, a large amount of oil. It's an abundant supply of oil. That's why the bowl was on top of the, the candlestick because the oil would go into the bowl and then the bowl would make its way down in the candlesticks and they would light the candlesticks and that would illuminate that light, right, or the, the lamp. And that's the, what was causing that light to burn was the oil. And it was an abundant supply of oil. Amen. Aren't you glad that God doesn't give you just a little bit of his spirit? Aren't you glad that there's not just a little bit of God, but God gives you the fullness of himself. Amen. And the Holy Ghost, amen, the Bible says, is promised to us if we ask. <laughs> amen. How many, how many believe that? In fact, Paul wrote, he said, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it dwells in you. And it's not just a little bit. It's an abundant amount of strength. It's an abundant amount of oil. Amen. And so that's what the vision was all about. And then he began to see the temple and the, the importance of it. And wow, this is so important right now because the lampstand always went into the temple. The temple represented God's presence. And, and the Bible says that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit now. Amen. God doesn't dwell in a building or a tent. Now he dwells in us. Amen. And so the Bible makes it clear and he gives this picture that there was this, this bowl and this lampstand and then there's these olive trees and it was supplying this lampstand to shine. And that lampstand had to go into the temple. And the temple represented God's spirit. 
And then he began to focus on this lampstand. And, and every time you look at this word and, and this uh, picture of what a lamp was in the Old Testament, it really was a picture of God's light shining. God himself being known. Amen. How many remember that song, This Little Light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Don't put it under a bushel. Jesus said, amen, you don't light a candle and then cover it up. But this candle is for everyone in the house to see, amen. That you're a city set on a hill. This is what it represented. It represented not just that, you know, God's promise to Israel to come back to Jerusalem, but it represented God's glory filling the whole earth. He said, look, I need some people that are going to do what I'm calling them to do so my glory can fill the whole earth. So I can do what I want to do, Right? How many know God's going to finish what he started? And he's going to use people to do it. And he's going to strengthen them through his spirit to do what he's called us to do. Amen. And so this is the wonderful picture of this scripture. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. This is what he's saying. And so that lampstand really was to signify that God wanted his covenant people, Israel. He wanted them to shine forth into the nation. Amen. And so then we go into the New Testament. We see that God's people are to shine. Amen. And that we're to reveal God's glory and to, to show who God is. That's really what it is. It means. And it's that great commission that Jesus talked about in Matthew. Amen. That belongs to every believer that we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel, that, that, that light that he talked about, the Zerubbabel, it had to shine in that temple. That can't stop. The enemy can't stop that work because the light's got to shine. Amen? And so how many know the enemy's going to kind of disrupt the work of God because he knows that if he disrupts the work of God, then the work of God stops, then the light can't shine. Amen? Then, then we can't be who we're called to be. But how many know you just don't mess with God like that? Amen. You just can't stop God's work. How many know you can, you can kind of delay God's work, you can't stop God's work. You're not going to deny God of what he wants to do. And so this is the picture that God's giving him and the encouragement that Zerubbabel was getting. He's like, look, just like you had to depend on God's spirit, I believe today we do. And that's what the Lord is communicating with him. Is like, look, you've got to depend on my spirit. You've got to trust me. This is a whole other level of trust. When they came out of Babylon, there was a whole other level of trust that they had to believe God for. It wasn't just like, okay, God's going to do what he did before. No, you've got to trust me in a fresh way in a new way amen and how many know this next year some of you need to learn to trust God in a new way in a fresh way yeah you you prayed a little bit but this year you got to pray a little bit more amen and you've got to put your foot out there you got to put your kind of get out of the boat a little bit more this year and say Lord I'm going to trust you a little bit more than I trust you last year because it's not by my resources it's not by my intellect it's not by my strength it's by your spirit this is going to get done amen how many believe that about the Outreach Center? I believe that about this church, River Valley Church, about the churches in the valley, in this whole valley, in this whole area. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by God's Spirit. But God needs somebody to go first. God needs somebody to do it first. It's not about sitting on the couch and just wishing God would use you. It's about starting to go and do what God called you to do. Go serve. Go love. Go, go you know, be kind. Do something. Show the kindness of God. Come on. Amen. So many people are just sitting like a bump on a dill pickle, waiting for God to move, waiting for the, the Lord to use them, waiting for great things to happen. Oh, 2023 just might be that year. No, God begins to use you more when you begin to go. In fact, God speaks to those who are already doing it. God uses people who are already going. How many believe that? Amen. And Jesus said, as you go, not wait 
to go. He said, as you go, then you're going to move in power. Then you're going to move in miracles. Then the Holy Ghost is going to fall. Amen. And so I want to encourage you today that as Zerubbabel needed this encouragement, as we see in our culture, there's so many things to discourage you as a believer. There's so many things to discourage us as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. Hello. Right? And guess what? It's not going to get any prettier, is it? <laughs> how, many, how many kind of have that little bit of idea 2023 isn't going to get a little easier sometimes, right? Come on. Amen. But how many know we've got a promise from the Lord? It's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by political movement. It's not by activism. It's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Amen. It's not by legislation that holiness is coming into men's heart. It's by the spirit of God. Amen. Amen? And that's what we're believing the Lord for. And so God is literally telling Zerubbabel that you, what you've started with your hands, what you've already started, you're going to do it because of the resources, because of the power that I'm going to give you. Now, I love this about the Lord because he's saying this when they can't do it. <laughs> he's saying it when they're not allowed to do it. God's saying you're going to do it. Yeah, but, okay, I got this letter and then the king, but you're going to do it. Yeah, but they said this, and they, you don't understand our enemies. You don't understand the pressure. You don't understand what we're up against. And the Lord said, I've already just spoken in the midst of opposition. God already speaks. How many, how many know God does that, does that? And so I love that about the Lord. He spoke when they said no. How many know God says yes? And I love how the Lord works. And so some of you are hearing a no in your life. You're seeing a no. You're seeing where there's a disruption to stop what God wants to do in your life. But I want to encourage you to dig a little bit deeper, get encouraged by the Lord, and let the Lord speak to you today and say, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's going to be by my spirit, saith the Lord. Amen. I want to do it. I want to do it through you. I want to do it in you. Amen. How many believe that this morning? Amen. Do you believe that with all your heart, that what God started, he's going to finish? Amen. I believe that with my heart. Come on, let's stand on our feet as we close here today. As I begin to think about this, and we, you know, just encouraged by the Lord and the scripture, and so many of us have read this over, over the years, and I've read that, well, it's not by might, not by power, it's by, by my spirit, saith the Lord. I, there's two things that I, I think about when I hear that scripture. First of all, I, I think some people have this idea that um, I don't have to do anything, that God's just going to do it for me. Amen? How many know God needs some faith? God needs a little bit of faith. There's an old song we used to sing that says, you know, uh, just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot. Just use what you got. Use, use that faith. And so I hear people think, or I hear people say that, that, well, that means that God's going to do it all and, and I don't have to do anything. But that's not what God's saying here. God's saying that the work that you've already done, the things that you've already done, put into practice, I'm going to encourage you, I'm going to strengthen you, I'm going to work through you to get it done. Amen. And the second thing I see is when I hear this, not by might nor by power, it lets me know that I can't do it. It, let, it reassures me that I need the Lord. I need the Lord. Amen. How many believe, some of you just feel a call of God on your life, you feel the Lord wants to break through in an area of ministry, but you just haven't seen it. Amen. Maybe you just haven't feel like, when is it going to happen, Lord? How many know it's not in your strength? It's in God's timing. Amen. But God's going to do those things. And so it lets me believe that, that it's not by my will all the time that I can make things happen. I've got to wait on the Lord. I've got to trust the Lord. And, and I love what Paul said in 2 Corinthians. He says that it was through his human weakness that was an obstacle to God. God used his human weakness. That wasn't something that could stop the Lord's power. But in that weakness, God's we strength was perfected.
Amen? That when I realized I can't do it, when I realized this is too big for me, God began to step in in Paul's life and said, this is when I can work the best. Amen? And so we need to come to that place in our lives and say, Lord, I'm going to do what I can do at this time, but ultimately I can't do it all. I, I just can't do this. Amen? I can't even have a good marriage without you. I mean, I can have, like, you know, try to be all romantic and, you know, be a good kisser, but, I mean, it's just, that's just not what it is. It's, I need your spirit in my marriage. I can't raise my kids. I mean, I can follow the word and do my best and everything, and, but I can't do it by myself. I mean, I just can't do that. I, I just can't. How am I going to be a witness in the earth and my job and my, how am I going to, how am I going to, it's by my spirit, say it the Lord. Some of you just need to say, Lord, I just need to learn how to move with your spirit more this year. I really want to get more in touch and in tune and and then lean in to what you're doing in my home, in my life a little bit more, in my job, in my business, and then in our community. Lord, it's, it's, you know, I can't, how am I going to witness to these people? I don't feel like I have anything in common. I mean, Lord, I just, some of these people turn me off. I mean, I'm just, I don't click with them. I don't connect with them. I, how am I going to do this? And you just need to say, it's not by might, it's not by power but it's by your spirit, saith the Lord. Amen? How many believe that? I believe with all my heart that we're going to do what God's called us to do here at River Valley Church, not by our own financial resources and our, and our power and our strength. Amen? Even though we're going to do what God's called us to do the best we can, but it's going to be by God's spirit. How many can lift your hand to heaven to say, God, I want your spirit to work in my life this year in a fresh way, in a new way, in a strong way? Some of you in your home, in your body, your physical body, in your job, and and just in ministry. Lord, it's not by my own resources, even though I have some. It's not by my power, my might, even though you've given me some. Lord, it's by your spirit. I'm simply admitting that I need your spirit. More than anything, I need your spirit. I need that oil in my lamp, as we used to sing. I need the oil, amen, that Lord gives me light, that others can see and let God's God's power shine through me, Lord. I need, Lord, your spirit to do what I cannot do so that you can be seen in Jesus' name. And I just give you all the praise and all the glory today for what you're doing, what you're about to do in my life, through my life, in the church, in this nation, in the world, in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen, amen. Can we give God a cheer this morning? Thank God for 2023. The year of God's spirit moving in a fresh way, good way. Hallelujah.